Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Transform TV podcast series. Today, we're joined by Ivanka Janssen, who is the Chief Supply Chain Officer of Philips. And we're going to be talking about, well, a lot of things. We're going to be talking about diversity, inclusion, leadership, and um, what's been going on at Philips, you know, in this past year. So, uh, Ivanka, thank you so much for joining us. No, thanks for uh, having me and a great pleasure to be here. Great. So, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about um, this past year. You know, uh, this has been a complicated year for everybody. Um, what's been your biggest learning from from this past year? Oh, wow, that's uh, that's that's a big question. Um, but if if I look at uh, let's say the biggest learning for uh, the supply chain, I think it is for many many companies and many people the same. It is that you need to have uh, sufficient agility in your supply chain to be able to respond very fast whether that is responding to increased demand or whether that is responding to decrease of demand. And in Philips, we have had both. So we have had categories where the demand uh, did drop significantly, where we had to scale down uh, our supply chain, whether that was uh, manufacturing capacity, uh, income and materials, et cetera, et cetera, or whether it was uh, a huge explosion in demand. Think about uh, the so necessary ventilators where we had to scale up a fivefold in a very, very short period of time. You know, I'm, I was talking to someone the other day who was saying that uh, disruption or the era of disruption is here to stay, right? Uh, do, do you think the same thing? Yeah, I, yeah. I think that the, the, the world has changed, but I also do think that we're going to get used uh, to what we call disruption today. Uh, so when you look at the shift to e-commerce, um, I think it will normalize a little bit more when everything opens up. I think people still would like to, you know, go out and do shopping, but you know, you're so used to order things online. It's, it's the convenience. So I wouldn't call that it will be the disruption that we have seen over the past 12, 18 months. Um, but it is, there is a new normal. Uh, and, you know, anyone that hasn't adjusted themselves yet to it, I, I would urge, you know, get onto the, onto, onto the train because it will not go away. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that are sort of kidding themselves a little bit that we're going to go back to 2019 and it's just going to be exactly as things were. We, we've, we've gone through too much change in the last year, haven't we? Yeah, no, no, I agree. And, and frankly speaking, you know, it, it is now for such a long time that uh, I would say, uh, 2019 was maybe not the normal. The normal is where we are now, and you and you just see that you know things are normalizing. Demand patterns are yeah. starting to normalize, um, but the channels that we sell through are different than it was in 2019 and before, and it, it just accelerated the whole uh, need for digitalization, for being able to work virtually, but also to be able to you know, sell uh, through all the online platforms and as a supply chain, be prepared on how you how you deal with that. And luckily, I think everyone we had made, uh, you know, we had made uh, the necessary investments already. So we were uh, uh, very well prepared to deal with the uh, increase in online sales. Well, what I was going to say is, I think everyone can agree that uh, for all of the terrible things that COVID brought about, it certainly brought about um, digitization, you know, the, 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 the fact that it's a, a great digital project and experiments of digital working from home, e-commerce, all those things have been normalized to such a degree. Um, I, I want to talk to you briefly about Philips. Um, you know, from what I understand, you guys have got a mission to improve the lives of 3 billion people annually by 2030. W what's the role of supply chain in achieving this? 
Um, yeah, so the, of course, supply chain is, a, is an absolute, absolute critical uh, value creator in this whole process. Uh, first of all, you know, we um, we sell very impactful solutions, and um, what the role of supply chain is is that we have to deliver upon our own promises and the promises to the customers. So um, it's it's quite clear that without the supply chain, you know, we are not going to be successful as a company. Yeah. But, you know, the company has a long history of innovation and uh, digitalization is a key to this. What are your top supply chain investment priorities for 2021 and beyond? Yeah, so it will not surprise you because you just started the conversation with that. So uh, continue to invest in digitalization uh, across the end-to-end -end supply chain. So really make sure that we, that we uh, invest in AI, ML, uh, in planning, as well as in uh, logistics, in creating end-to-end -end visibility, um, but also, yeah, be more predictable um, uh, for uh, for for the uh, for the entire supply chain. So digitalization is definitely a high priority. Uh, we continue to invest heavily behind it. Um, and other things that we are investing in is is uh, nearshoring and uh, looking much more into regionalization uh, and make sure that we get the balance right. And that also goes back to, you know, be prepared to be agile, to be able to, to respond quickly. Customers, they want the solutions fast. Uh, and therefore, you need to address your lead times. And, and one way to do, address that and also reduce the dependency on, you know, a, a region or, or a set of suppliers, you will need to go into uh, nearshoring. And, it, you know, there are a lot of digitalization projects that have failed you know, over the years, um, one of the main issues is down to cultural issues, you know, teams not necessarily implementing digital and having difficulties with that. Is that something that you guys have been dealing with or uh, in terms of preparing your teams for this future? Yeah, so actually we used the, the, the period of the pandemic to start upskilling and reskilling people. Um, so we offered, for example, really crash courses in uh, how to deal with Python. You know, I'm not expecting everybody in the company to be to become uh, coders, but what we wanted to achieve is that you know by offering a Python course that people got the understanding what it is. And at the moment, or not at the moment, I think in the past people would think digitalization is something for the future or is something that other people are going to do for me. And we wanted to bring it much closer to uh, every single individual and say, okay, now digitalization is here and now, and it is for everybody. So, and we will continue to do that because, you know, on the one hand side, um, you, can, you can bring in people into the organization that have the experience, but the, the fact is, is that there is a, a skill gap between the skills needed going forward and the skills that we all have, you know, have grown up with. And we need to start closing this. So we do a lot about uh, reskilling and upskilling, and we offer also people, uh, you know, the ability to become a data scientist or to work in the data and, and, and analytics teams. Um, and I'm very, I'm, I'm very pleased to see that people are taking this up. Are they? So are are they buying into this? Are they participating? Yeah, and I think also, you know. The, the, the pandemic has really, you know, contributed to it. I think we, everybody saw that, you know, yeah. the need for digitalization, uh, you know, working everybody remotely also forced in that you had to work much more, you know, with the virtual environment, uh, but also having, you know, the data um, uh, very visible and, and, and available was what we, what we needed and we needed it fast. 
So um, yeah. for me, I see a clear, I see a clear change in the organization of adopting the whole digital agenda. And in terms of skill sets for the workforce moving forward, you know, what kind of key skill sets do you see for supply chain people today and in the future? So there, there are two that are going to be very uh, dominant. So er, it's everything with data and analytics and really advanced analytics. Um, we will, you know, we will continue to invest in that happily. It is really paying off. Uh, the world gets more and more complex. Uh, and this is really helping to make, you know, to be able to make fast decisions. So, uh, and the other one is technology. Um, you know, man manual labor will uh, continue to disappear. So, you know, we will also continue to invest in uh, more robotics and, and robots and, and fully automize the, uh, the production processes, late customization centers and stuff like that. And what we will need to have in return are people that, you know, can deal with the technology. Um, so I think those two uh, um, uh, critical capabilities is where uh, we need to invest in. We need to give people the opportunity to, you know, to come on board and, and if needed to reskill. Um, and other jobs will, yeah, will, will basically, you know, slowly start to disappear. Let's talk a little bit about diversity uh, and inclusion. Um, do you think that having diverse teams has helped uh, navigate complexity during this pandemic? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's specifically to the pandemics, but I'm, I'm a yeah. strong believer in, in inclusion and diversity in, in the teams. I think, you know, the more you have a mirror of society within your workforce, the better it is because, you know, in the end, we are all consumers. So if we mm -hmm. can relate to how societies build up, we also understand our consumer and customer base much better. Um, so for me, it's, it, it shouldn't be a question anymore of having diverse teams and, and uh, embrace inclusion completely. And frankly speaking, sometimes I also, you know, um, I wish it wasn't a topic anymore. And I wish it was just, you know, that, that we all um, just see the, what, what the need of it is yeah. for, uh, for society. So if I look at my own team, I, I have a highly diverse team, for when, whether it is gender, uh, gender balance, but also a geographical uh, spread to different nationalities, uh, different uh, beliefs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I, I really embrace that, and I love it that we have, you know, a lot of diverse uh, thinking in the team and diverse backgrounds. Yeah. Well, the, the, I guess what I'm trying, what I'm getting at is that it's such a complex world that we live in right now, you know. And and what you just said is so spot on that if we mirror society then we'll be able to react and uh, we'll be able to handle the issues that are thrown at us like society is. Um, can we talk a little bit about exciting technologies? You know, you talked about technology, you talked about um, uh, ML, AI, robotics. What technology excites you right now for the future in, in the business and in supply chain? Yeah, so you mentioned them already. So AI, ML, uh, for me, are absolute exciting technologies. Uh, we see a lot of benefits from it in our end-to-end -end supply chain. And then the other one where, uh, you know, we are still much more in an exploratory phase is using AR and VR in our mm -hmm. processes. And um, I can see also going forward that there will be a big need in, in using those kind of technologies on a larger scale. So what, what I'm looking for in when we invest in technologies is that it shouldn't only be funky, 
you know, sometimes we mm -hmm. do funky, funky things, but it really needs to be scalable. Uh, yeah. And then in the end, you know, it either needs to contribute to uh, to the speed in the supply chain, the agility, or, you know, also the cost reductions, uh, uh, of course. Um, and um, let's talk about, I'm, I'm, I'm going back and forth a little bit because we talked about technology just now, but we were previously talking about diversity, inclusion, et cetera. Um, diversity and inclusion isn't just gender, geography, it's also generational. Uh, a lot of companies have told me that they've struggled with attracting Gen Z and uh, people to their businesses because supply chain isn't a very sexy topic or uh, how, what have you guys done uh, to try to bring in more Gen Z people into your teams? Yeah, so we have, and actually I need to, uh, you know, thank Simone here as well, because uh, we have a, a program set up what is called Early Professionals. So these are, you know, young professionals, they uh, are either on their first or second uh, rotation in their career. Uh, we bring them into, into Philips, and, you know, we talk about uh, roughly 100 per year that we bring in. And we rotate them every six, six months uh, through the different departments. And of course, before the pandemic, it was also meant to that, you know, people would have a different uh, experience and be mobile and being sent to different countries and things like that. Okay, that, you know, the need of that just disappeared. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, and I must say those early professionals, they bring a wealth of new skills, new thinking. Uh, they're very fast, of course, with anything that is digital. Um, and also what I see is that sometimes they think we are going to way too slow as an organization and they, they set up their own initiatives. Uh, and what I really appreciate is they come with, you know, the, the, the real um, uh, yeah, sharing of, of sort of resources and, and sharing platforms and, and uh, doing things in a completely different manner than that, you know, let's say the people that are a little bit further in their career. And I think that blend is very nice. The interesting thing about Gen Z is that they push the boundaries as well, don't they? They um, see things differently. I mean, I've, in my, if I, I can speak to my team, I've had members of my team saying, we should approach competitors. And, and what, what if we worked with competitors thinking this, doing this? And I'm thinking, what, are you crazy? You know, no. And then I start to think, well, actually, that might not be a bad idea. You know, so I like the fact that they bring these new ways of doing things you know may not all be right but certainly it's uh, it drives to better teams doesn't it yeah no no and i fully agree and I, I see some really nice initiatives and also using the technology and you know being so much more comfortable with uh, social media and making videos on their iphone and you know they they're not going to ask us to invest in you know big agencies to make a, a kind of a, a video to promote something so no, I, I, I think the blend in the organizations is very, um, very nice. So you still need to have, you know, uh, sufficient people that really understand the supply chain that have grown up in the supply chain that know how the processes work and, you know, how you, how you run a supply chain. But at the same time, we, we, we do need to start injecting the, yeah, the, the new generation with the new ideas and, and the easiness of uh, working with data and technology. It's and balance. at a certain point of time, you know, this has evolved in, in such a natural way, I hope, that you don't have this gap. Mm. It's a balance. It's balance, though, isn't it? I mean, because you do definitely need people that have grown up in supply chain and understand the possibilities of what supply chain can offer as well as that. Yeah. Um, so, 
just if we could talk briefly about um, advice to supply chain leaders today. Uh, you know, we've we've got quite a number of supply chain leaders that watch us and are uh, trying to complete of data as well building a supply that is for the future. Um, what advice would you give? Yeah, Maria, you you're breaking up a lot. So yeah, I just. Yeah, I just realized that. I just realized that I'm breaking up quite a lot, aren't I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. maybe, shall we turn off the video? Maybe that helps. Yeah, let me let me turn off the video and let's let's see about that. Okay. All right. Let's let's start. Let me ask that question again. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the supply chain leaders that we speak with are, um, you know, very busy building the present or dealing with the present issues, right? So uh, uh, disruption and chaos and so forth. And that's, we've talked about this, this isn't gonna go away very quickly. Um, so what advice do you give to people that are trying to deal with the day-to-day -day and also looking to invest in the future in terms of digitalization, uh, driving the right kinds of teams, the right kind of strategy? What kind, what kind of advice do you have with them, for them? So my advice would be is that spend sufficient time, energy and resources in also your transform agenda. So, so really put money and resources behind uh, the digitalization agenda and, um, and, and, and accelerate this. So what I'm doing is really making sure that I have a strong team that is capable of running the day-to-day -day by themselves. So they don't need me to sit in the daily management and tell them how they have to do the job uh, and empower, empower as much as possible. And I can free up my time to invest in, uh, in people, in people development, but also in really driving the transformation and, and thinking long-term. And setting out a strategy to uh, to excite the, the the organization behind that. So that is my strong advice. Really, you know, it's not sufficient anymore to rely on the day to day. It is really you have to be prepared for the future, and being prepared for the future means that you have to transform. And to yeah. transform at pace, you have to free up your time and your resources to do so. But isn't isn't transformation? sort of an ongoing thing. It's not a finite thing, isn't it? You're always going to be transforming, you know, because I, I know I was going to ask you a question about how do you measure supply chain in transformational success, but isn't it an ongoing thing? Yeah, of course, yeah, transformation is always an ongoing thing. You can also call it continuous improvement, but I think nowadays the transformation that we are after mm -hmm. is a, a little bit different than uh, we were used to. Um, it is not, you know, it's not the next uh, level of improving the processes that we have. It is, it's a complete overhaul of how we are doing things. So if you're not yet, yet using AI and you're planning the processes that, you know, the moment you start embarking on it, it is a completely different way of, of working. It's not only, you know, building your own, own algorithms and, and knowing what to do with the data. When it, when it goes into the next layer of the supply chain, people need to understand what they do with the data. They haven't yeah. built a plan anymore themselves. They get a plan. They don't, you know, they, they, they don't maybe understand those numbers. So then you, you need to do something with this. And, it, and it's not enough to just, uh, you know, implement a tool and then assume that everything will come together. And that the transformation we are on today is significantly different than, um, 
you know, gradually improving each year part of your processes. Let me ask you, a, 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 I guess, a final question. What advice would you give to the you of 20 started out as a supplier? Yeah, so what I would- Did you get that? Yes, I, 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 I got that part of it. Um, <laughs> so the advice I would give to myself 20 years ago is uh, choose for supply chain, definitely. I think supply chain is a very exciting uh, area to work in. You're, you're always between the commercial part of the business and the operational execution part of the business. And with supply chain, uh, you know, you can, you can be a, a real value creator, growth creator uh, of the company. Um, and then more personally, you know, on a, on a, on a leadership uh, development journey is um, I would say, you know, be confident that your ideas are important and are being heard. Uh, and that is actually more what I would, would want to say to the younger generation is, you know, speak up and share your ideas because it is needed. And especially because we, we want to see different things going forward. Um, we don't want to, you know, always hear the same, let's say conventional ideas. We want to see the new ideas. We want to be, be uh, educated on how we are gonna use digitalization in a different manner. Mm. Or how we can use, you know, social media much more in supply chain to promote supply chain to the younger generations. So that would be, you know, the advice. Um, maybe not so so much to myself, but to, to the to the younger generations coming in. Well, on that note, thank you very much, Ivanka, for being part of uh, this podcast. Thank you for sharing your ideas with us, and no doubt we'll be seeing you at plenty other things with us on Transform TV. Excellent. Thank you. My pleasure, Maria. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.